Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Well, Jordan, have you done it? How did it go with your fantasy football draft? No, Jesse, I keep telling you I couldn't do fantasy football this year because the guys are pissed at me, the whole gang. Really? Lug nut. Beef eater? Beef eater, jug head. Carpet tape? Carpet tape. Geezer? Oh, man, geezer. I... I, I don't if I run into geezer on the street, it's over for me. Lump tit. Lump tit. By the way, I'm I'm I was so happy to hear that lump tit is now cancer free. That's right. Yes, um, we 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 keep the nickname going as a to honor his struggle and the struggle of all humans out Indeed. there spinning around on this crazy blue marble. Yeah, with cells dividing out of control. We're all lump tit. In a way, <laughs> you were no, gonna go. Okay, so I no, joke I've never, you know, you I've go- never played a fantasy sport before. Yeah, so I know I didn't do a fantasy football draft. I did when I was younger and got obsessed with it and had to stop. No, uh, no, I know. Uh, no, I, I, I'm I joke. A gog. I referred to your trip to Las Vegas, where you planned oh. to be. A summer boy. Yes. A summer boy, of course, for new listeners, is a type of person of any gender uh, who celebrates the spirit of summer through deed, word, and short pant. Sure. And Jordan, you had talked about you were going to Las Vegas for a festival of punk rock music. Yes. And bowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you planned to wear your exercise swimming speedo just around some, and uh, I'm pleased to say that not only did I wear my exercise speedo at a social event mm-hmm. near a pool, mm-hmm. it was a black I, tie wedding. <laughs> I wore it with a Bart Simpson tank top. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you got for me for a birthday. I think I did get you that Bart Simpson tank top. Yes, I have. I have never gotten more compliments on an article of clothing. A real vintage Bart Simpson tank, not just some tank top that I went and got at Target. No, this is a circa 1992 Bart Simpson. This tank is top. this might be a bootleg from a swap meet. That's Absolutely. how good it is. That's yeah. how premium this thing is. Uh, yeah, I've been washing it. I've been using a lot of fabric softener, so it's, it was a little starchy at first, and now it's getting nice and soft. I think this Bart Simpson tank top is. I, I don't know. I I I think it's I think it's going to be with me a lot this summer. Um, yes, wore the speedo, wore the tank top, felt great, had a, had a lovely time at uh, punk rock bowling, a great kickoff to the summer boy season. Um, feeling great, feeling positive. Um, and I did have a brief humiliation. Okay, wow. And it was this is not where I expected this to go because as soon as I heard you were wearing the tank, yeah, I thought, well, this is all going to be gravy from here on out because of the summer boy's natural enemy, the person who's having a cow. <laughs> sure, yes. Um, but I okay, so you know, growing up growing up going to, you know, punk rock shows, but not presenting as punk rock myself, uh-huh. there's still nothing I want more than the approval of punks. 
Right. So what you're saying is that you are punk identified, but your your cultural presentation did not match that identity. You were uh, scared to live your truth. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a coward <laughs> from from 13, uh, a, a coward and a coward still. No. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely, you know, wanted the approval of punk guys growing up, but more more importantly, like any attention from a punk babe was a huge was a huge deal. Oh, of course. Huge deal. So anyways, I was at this I was at this festival having a good time. I was just coming back from the food truck village, which was amazing. The food truck village at this thing fucking I mean amazing. I you've never seen such a food truck village. You know what they say about punk rock bowling festivals? It takes a food truck village. It does take a food truck village. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Many children were being raised in that food truck village. They didn't know start... who their real parents were and they didn't care. What am I going to start doing like politically correct fairy tales jokes? <laughs> My circa 1996 Hillary Clinton material rolling out here. Okay, go ahead, Jordan. So, so I'm Jay coming back from the food Leno truck here village on my end of the show. And I and I start watching a band and I'm and I'm next to two punk rock babes who I was like in line with to get in. And they're like, Oh yeah, we, you know, we saw you in line, seen this band. No. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm here from LA. And they're like, Oh, we're from Canada. So I'm like, Hey, I, I've, I, I've got some conversational material here. I was like, Hey, not a lot of Canadian bands here. Of course, you know, a lot of great, a lot of great Canada bands out of punk rock, DOA, Planet Smashers, be great to see propaganda here. They're a little more metal these days. Would that be great? And they're kind of nodding along. And I'm like, hey, I'm friends you know, with the guy from Fucked Up. I'm friends with the guy from yep. Fucked Up. I have the email address <laughs> so of the guy from Fucked Up. I'm basically going there, right? I'm going there. And then I, I finally drop. Oh, and, you know, I do a podcast. And Damien from Fucked Up, basically the most famous punk rock Canadian of all time. I, I know him and the podcast went well. And they're just kind of nodding along. And after I drop that, one of them goes, do you know you have ice cream in your beard? <laughs> What could be more punk rock, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, and I don't care. I know it's there. I'm living my life out here, baby. It's summer. There was rock a Ben on. and Jerry's truck. That's how good this <laughs> food truck village was. Jordan, rock on is what, uh, yeah, thank is what you. punk rock people say to each other, right? Yeah, it, it is. Rock on. <laughs> they say. Is Johnny Rotten does, so famous? It doesn't matter to what your teachers or politicians say. Rock on. <laughs> hey ho let's rock on <laughs> let's rock on with a hey nani nani <laughs> right yes <laughs> because wasn't shakespeare the original punk rocker yeah i think so although if you ask me, it was Sir Francis Bacon, okay? Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, think, boy. You're I don't a Shakespeare think truther. The so called bard. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor people don't know all those words, Jesse. Nope. He couldn't have known the words. Too poor. The so called bard. Yes, thank you. It's a false flag operation. Is that what that <laughs> is that what that means? Is a false flag operation when Sir Francis Bacon really wrote the works of Shakespeare? I think in in our modern time, you just yell false flag whenever. <laughs> you just yell it. 
shuts things down. Yell it out and let the chips fall where they may. You know, you have ice cream in your beard? False flag. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest here on the program is an acclaimed stand-up comic and a celebrated podcaster from the podcasts The Gargle and Tea with Alice, among others. Alice Fraser. Hi, Alice. How are you? Hi, what a, what a delight it is to be here. I feel like having ice cream in your beard is the natural vengeance of the universe for eating ice cream as an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this a take so hot it's cold or so cold it's hot? I think What's it's going both. on here? It's melting just, all, the, all the creamy treats within the vicinity. I, That's how I, hot it I is. I think we all know, like in somewhere in our hearts, we all know that you shouldn't really eat ice cream when you're not a child. And that's why it's so delicious because it, it feels sort of, oh, like a delightful forbidden uh, treat, like going on a, a slippery dip as a grown-up. Jesse's, Jesse's, doing, Jesse's doing some physical comedy that, that I would describe <laughs> as 1994 Jim Carrey-esque. <laughs> I am the, the heat. With which Alice just entered this fucking chat going 140 miles an hour (laughs) with this ice cream shit. She thought she could save herself by saying slippery dip, knowing that she could pander to me personally and probably to you, Jordan, by using the Australian word for playground slide. Oh, is that? I was going to go back to slippery dip. I knew we were kind of like you know, building to something, but I made a mental note. Return to slippery dip. Seems like it should be, if I'm frank, mm-hmm. a type of ice cream. Right, yes. But or no, a euphemism it's a for fingering, so. one of the two. Mm-hmm. A little <laughs> of each. Sure. I Okay, so Alice, you're arguing that the thrill of adult ice cream has to do with Living a child's life as an adult, you know it's wrong, but how could it be wrong when it tastes so good? It's not exactly wrong, but it's sort of, yeah, the pleasure of it is one of those pleasures of a more innocent time, I feel. Mm -hmm. Like voting for a third-party candidate for president? (laughs) Exactly that, yeah. It just brings you back to your to your youth when you were nine or ten, desperately scrabbling into your two-person trench coat to cast a vote in the local election. <laughs> I, Alice, you should know this about me. We don't know each other well. You were kind enough to invite me on your podcast, as you did with Jordan. You were both very good. We had Thank a you. lovely time. It's very kind of you. It's a great show. Uh, I is a wonderful Check program. I have to say, I eat ice cream every day. I mean, I think that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I like to lie on the grass and look at the clouds every day, but I know that's a childhood pleasure. Mm. <laughs> Alice, I can't tell how patronizing you're being right now because you're from <laughs> I'm sorry, a foreign it is country. Just my voice. <laughs> but just you're you're not you're eating adult flavors. You're eating Worcestershire, right? And horseradish. <laughs> <laughs> like adult like sophisticated. It's all deviled oh, yeah. egg flavor. Steakhouse <laughs> flavors. Yeah. Squid and tomato sauce. Blue cheese. <laughs> uh, actually there's a whole there's a whole um like really popular brand of gelato in Australia that I cannot eat 
um, because it, they had a, a, an outlet near to the hospital. And every time we got bad news about my mum, she got sicker and sicker and, and uh, eventually she died. Every time we got bad news, Dad would take us out for ice cream. So now every time <laughs> oh, no. I walk past this place, I just feel sad. That is a good way to get the kids to eat healthy is to <laughs> just 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 stick those treats as near to a tragedy as you can. I actually have a sort of similar reverse situation which is um my parents would take me to ice cream and every time I ate ice cream I also got a food pellet. Mm. So <laughs> now I have a positive association. Sure. I always food growing up ice cream was shot at me um out of a uh, kind of a wire mesh that was shaped vaguely like my mother. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I participated in something called the Stanford ice cream experiment. <laughs> I, seri- um, in all sincerity, before we started recording this podcast, which we are recording in the evening, I finished my dinner, let it sit for a while. I was watching the movie The Wizard with my daughter Grace and realized I had not eaten any ice cream yet and my window was closing because soon I would be going to record Jordan Jesse Go. Went to the kitchen, realized we only had chocolate ice cream, which I cannot eat, and inside my body pitched a little fit. <laughs> I didn't reveal it externally. I seemed right. the cool, calm, and collected fellow that you saw just moments ago as I flopped about like an early 90s Jim Carrey. <laughs> but I I held it together, but I was so upset that there was no ice cream in my freezer that I was that I could eat. And so what I did is I immediately looked for itsits. And I had eaten all the itsits, which is an ice cream sandwich. Alan. What did you do? I fucking ate like five Haribo peaches and hated myself. Are you to a point where you've gotten so used to the sugar that like if you don't have it, it's like a coffee crash or something? No, I just have it's more of like an emotional crash. Okay. It's like a I it's like the thing that I look forward to all day that like is the thing that I know I'm going to enjoy. And then when the ice cream isn't there, I don't really care about like candy or like I'll eat candy as readily as anyone else. I don't, I'm not going to like say I hate candy, but it doesn't move the needle for me, so to speak. Whereas, I, I feel, I feel the exact same way. I, I like, yeah, there's a, there's something that candy does not do that ice cream does do. Yeah. And I, I know that. I mean, I literally, for most of my life, did not eat dessert. And, I mean, not like never, but as a matter of course. You know, it wasn't something that was in my house. My wife is a dessert fiend. She likes candy. And it, like, over the years, it got to the point where I just ate ice cream every day. <laughs> like, so, it's not I'll- an excessive volume of ice cream or anything. And I eat a relatively healthy diet. But, yeah, ice cream every day. Alice, do you when you made that slanderous ice cream remark, is it because it's something? Do do you eat it and feel kind of bad about it, or do you just not have it at all? No, I I enjoy ice cream when I eat it. I just acknowledge that part of the pleasure of of ice cream is that it has a kind of an innocence sure. to it. That there's part of part of the 
the nexus of enjoyableness of ice cream, you know, the coldness, creaminess, and then like memories of childhood. That yeah. it feels it's like We've all know, seen the graph, Alice. You don't have to describe <laughs> it to us. Like if you're you're on the beach, it's summer and you're eating an ice cream and any context in which, and you're eight years old, uh, any context in which any of those are not present, it's a, it, it's exciting. It's, mm. you know, I feel I like, you know, Is if you're your... eating ice cream in winter, <sighs> what yeah. a thrill, you know? Yeah, that does, that does feel absolutely filthy. It's, it's sort of transgressive. And exciting. Alice, is, that, is ice cream your number one treat? Uh, me? Yeah. I wouldn't rank treats. Uh, because it, <laughs> You're not some sicko. You know, it's a, you know, I'm not it's trying to kill time on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like the treats are always contextual. Okay. What feels like a treat uh, depends on 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 how uh, virtuous you have been being recently, you know, because you could be like, ooh, a frozen banana. You know, like if you're being that kind of asshole at that particular time in your life. (laughs) Or you could be like, and a third block of chocolate. A handful of carob chips from a bin. (laughs) So I'm so naughty. Exactly. Well, Jordan, you shouldn't be stealing from the health food store. <laughs> oh, you could take a handful. They're not going to stop you. Those deadheads aren't going to stop me. They're not going to stop you, but that doesn't mean you should be doing I can, it. I can have a handful of banana chips if I want. It's outrageous. Yeah. So it sort of yeah, it it depends on where your kind of moral compass is at the time. Maybe you're right. being all like free trade and you know ethically sourced, and so just eating something that's from the supermarket feels you know exciting. It or, or again, maybe you're just going full bore in the midst of a of letting loose, sure. and then like the third or fourth pint of ice cream then feels transgressive and is therefore at the top of your list. My rarest indulgence is probably and this is again. It's a sort of like one of those relative things, but the sweet taste of human flesh. Mm. Yeah, once a year when mm. the kids are at grandma's. <laughs> exactly. I, you know what? I like to put it in a sandwich the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So I have a friend who uh-huh. is a vegan but ate his wife's placenta. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, was that the like only non-vegan thing he had had? Like for after some his years, veganism? yes. Wow. Yeah, so full vegan, big for ethical reasons. You know, animals can't consent. Uh, sure, to giving sure. up their flesh, but his wife could consent to giving oh. up her placenta, so he he ate her placenta. And Wait, did she eat the placenta as well? I don't I don't know if they sat down together and enjoyed a meal, or if he just ate it in front of her. Because <laughs> yeah, because the way you're describing it now seems like he was just <laughs> hanging out, waiting. With yeah. a knife and fork and like a napkin stuck into his shirt, you know sure, like, I mean? like a cartoon wolf. <laughs> my uh, my late aunt Claudia was a doula and a midwife, and one day I went to visit her in her home in Washington D.C. and she had this big ass uh, like machine in there, and I'm like, Claudia, what is that machine? And she's like, "Oh, that's a, that's a dehydrator encapsulator." And I'm like, "What is that?" And she's like, "She's like, it's 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 for placentas." And I was like, "And I was like, Claudia, really? Like, you're dehydrating and encapsulating people's placentas for them?" And Claudia just looks me dead in the eyes, and she says, "Would I eat a placenta? No." If these rich white ladies want to pay me to feed it to them, I'll take their money. 
And I was like, all right, all right, Claudia, I hear you. Anyway. Which, how, how did your friend prepare it? Uh, I think he had it with, uh, I think he, he fried it with some herbs. Decadence, decadence. Uh, I think the recipe he used was for like some sort of liver, liver okay. thing. Uh, I think there's stuff. probably. I, sort of, I respect that more than encapsulating it and, and dehydrating it. Like if you're going to do it, commit <laughs> to the full experience of it. Don't, you know, hold your nose and put it in a pill. Like go for sure. it. Like pour eat it raw pour with both hands. a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel your juices. Chin. Feel your child's juices. <laughs> Here's Run women's, into your beard. <laughs> womenshealthmag.com, four ways to eat your placenta. Okay. Um, let's first run, let's first run down of all, placenta smoothie. Okay. Uh, it includes uh, one cup fresh squeezed orange juice. It's nice that they don't use the, you know, the grocery store stuff. Yeah, the concentrate Good. stuff. There's so, so much sugar than that. You might as well be eating a Big Mac. Half cup plain organic whole milk yogurt. That sounds okay. nice. One cup frozen strawberries. Placenta. <laughs> so. Oh, I forgot to add the placenta. <laughs> yeah. And then it says here. Smoothie's great. Note, oh, right. I didn't add the placenta. Note, feel free to substitute in your favorite smoothie ingredients. So basically, this recipe is just a smoothie, but also placenta. The steps are put on glove one, put on gloves if you'd like to use them. Mm-hmm. I like to handle Step the placenta raw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We have to go back a couple of steps because yeah. if you need, how do I get the placenta? Step one, put on gloves. Step two, remove right. condom. <laughs> this is like the preheating the oven thing where you always forget that you, to preheat the oven yeah, until you right. put all the ingredients. Back. Oh, fuck. I didn't blast in my mate. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got to go back. You, okay, what do we got? Okay, so that's so, one. So, okay, it's using scissors. Take out a half dollar size chunk from one particular spot, then place the pieces with the juice in your blend. This is intense. Number seven, though. I'm so sorry. I'm number so seven sorry. is down this route. Serve in a gorgeous glass with a colorful bendy straw. Did it say that? Yeah, it does. Now this that's one. Just a good, that's just a good tip for beverages. This All one beverages. is uh, number two is placenta lasagna. Okay. It has a an onion, four cloves of garlic, two Just tablespoons keep, of butter. Keep away from placenta Garfield. So on and so forth at the end. He it just placenta says Mondays. half pound placenta. Thank you, Matt, for silently reacting. What happens if you have <laughs> three funny. quarters of a pound of placenta? What do you do with the rem- I guess you cut it in chunks and throw it in with your favorite... With your favorite, favorite smoothie yogurts. ingredients, yeah. placenta chili. Well, look at this. This, this looks nice. Okay. The chili sounds pretty good to me. Is it with beans or without? That's a great question because this can be very controversial. Right. See, in There's Texas, a, a it's lot of just regional... placenta, tomato, and chili. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there are, uh, this is a no, there, there's no beans. Oh no, there there's yeah. There's uh cooked kidney beans here. Okay. So this is a bean. So sorry, Texan maternal cannibals. Um this the final one is placenta truffles. Oh. So you it's half a cup of unrefined organic coconut oil, mm-hmm. three quarters of a cup of organic coconut butter, which you do not want to get involved in some of the pesticides. And additives they use in 
just regular grocery store coconut butter. Five to six. We don't want to get mixed up between coconut oil and coconut butter. Very different. Yeah, right. I know. It's gonna that's it's gonna fuck up your baby truffles. That's how my wife ended up pregnant. Um, uh, Five to six tablespoons raw cacao powder. Two to three tablespoons maple syrup. Sea salt to taste. Placenta. See, uh, yeah, this I feel this Gr- is the worst for me. This is this the most one upsetting is. for me. <laughs> because the, all the others are ways of hiding the taste. I haven't you know? even, Alice, I haven't even addressed step one in this. I mean, <laughs> the other steps in this are like add the cacao powder, right. set up candy molds on a tray, pour truffle mix into each mold, that kind of thing. Okay, that's all regular stuff. Step one Grind your placenta in a coffee grinder until it's very fine. You may need to do it in several batches. So number one, then the problem is once you do it once, all your coffee is going to taste like placenta for weeks, for weeks. Is step one to all of these recipes be Gwyneth Paltrow? (laughs) Step two. Wait, hold on. This is really upsetting. I apologize. Uh, Step two is... Place a fine mesh strainer over a large bowl and oh, strain no. your placenta powder into the bowl. <laughs> the strainer, I'm so grateful for Women's Health Magazine for pointing out some of the, you know, some of the places commonly where people go wrong when they're making truffles out of a placenta. Yeah, the uh-huh. last thing you want in your truffle placenta is chunks. <laughs> the strainer <laughs> it needs okay. to be smooth. It needs to be smooth. The I feel strainer like I'm will catch. Listeners just. <laughs> The strainer will People catch are the bigger from your podcast. <laughs> like, how dare she? The strainer <laughs> will through catch this. the bigger bits of placenta that would be unpleasant to have in your truffles. Toss <laughs> the, the, the bigger bits would be unpleasant to have, or pop them into capsules and consume them that way. This is what you want to avoid, Alice. And I don't mean to tell you how to do your job. Obviously, <laughs> my job of testing placenta recipes. Yeah. Um, the bigger bits of placentas are going to be unpleasant to having your truffles. You want a nice, universally considered to be pleasant, fine placenta in your truffles. That's why so, if you go to seize candy, you don't find chunky tr- placenta truffles, only the smoothies. Like, okay, I mean, I, the other recipes genuinely, I sort of, I, 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 but who puts meat in their truffles? Like, who puts meat in their chocolate? <laughs> yeah, pork, pork, <laughs> pork truffle. Now, a pork smoothie, that I can get on board for, but yeah. I cooked my wife's placenta. Here's how it tasted. Oh, um, wow. Al, we should mention it is four in the morning where Alice is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is, she thank you how what's are okay did you just did you just not go to sleep or did you like set an alarm for 345 oh i set an alarm for for 330 yeah no i uh I, I went to bed at the same time as my baby in order to get kind of a jump start on this early oh, waking okay. thing this is yes. horrible why did why did we do this to you I, I genuinely assumed that i defended you in some manner and that this was my penance <laughs> I mean, what's a, what's remarkable about it is that we've – I did not know this to be the case. I presume that you were in town or something. <laughs> but I, I think what's amazing is that we haven't just asked you to record at a crazy time. 
somehow our normal recording time has perfectly hit the worst possible time for yeah. you to record. Like one o'clock in the morning would be significantly better, as would six o'clock in the morning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is the time that people choose to die. This is like... <laughs> Is that in your in your DNR? <laughs> if I become non-responsive, wait till 345 and then get the ball rolling. Yeah. Are you a early riser or are you a are you a night owl? I'm a I have a baby, so ah, <laughs> sure. Kind of throws all that out the window. Just throws all of that out of the window. One of the things about traveling with a, with a baby is I realized very quickly that all of my jet lag um, management techniques involve having control over your own sleep schedule. You're like, uh, yes. oh, you know, I'll have a little nap here, but not too long of a nap. And it's like, nah, you're just going to suffer for a week. It's just going to be horrible. Where have you, where have you been with the baby? Um, so I have uh, last year and this year, she's now a year and a half. I've, I've done the same sort, sort of the same uh, circuit, more or less, which has gone um, Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, um, Tokyo, London, Edinburgh, and then a month in Florence last year and then back to Sydney. Oh, my gosh. And I'm doing that again this year and then I'm done. This is my last year of that kind of touring because – uh, you know, now she's a person. <laughs> are you like collecting classical marbles and paintings or are you, w what is leading you on this grand tour of the world? I mean, just the festival circuit really with, with comedy and. Uh, You're yeah, doing I, comedy festivals in Florence and Tokyo? No, Florence was uh, afterwards. I did just uh, a gig in Tokyo normal gig to break up the journey. So sort of 10 hours to Tokyo and then 12 hours from Tokyo to London rather than a 24-hour flight. What's the English the language comedy gig in Tokyo? Uh, it's called the K Tokyo Comedy Bar. It's above a Korean barbecue uh, restaurant, so it smells like Korean barbecue. It's all uh, expats. Wow. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a very fun gig, although the one I did, uh, there were two hecklers in the front row, which I was like, aren't they meant to be very big on politeness in Japan? No, that was your cultural insensitivity, Alice. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was me projecting. It's uh, known as the them. nation of hecklers. <laughs> um, I think, what would you say are the top things for a stand-up comedy club to smell like? Because when you say that it smells like oh, Korean barbecue, yeah. it doesn't sound half bad to me. Oh, yeah, there's no emotional valency here. I'm not morally judging them. Uh, this isn't eating ice cream. I'm just, I'm, I'm just providing a little color, just a little Got bit it. of background so you can imagine yourself uh, in my shoes while standing on stage at the Tokyo Comedy Bar. Um, what, are your top, what are your top comedy club smells? I mean, Korean barbecue's got to be up there in terms of on the less offensive scale, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Normally, comedy, it's just sort comedy of clubs sweat do, and regret, right? Do smell like yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It smells like there are co most comedy clubs smell like dorm carpet, like they've mm. just yeah. soaked up so much beer. Those like the, the comedy clubs smell like the sort of the essence of those brown tidal marks on pillows that come from head sweat and regret tears. Sure, just if you yeah. distilled that, that and just misted that into the air. That's right. And if you look, if you squint at the little stain, it kind of looks like it says, "Go back to grad school." <laughs> <laughs> I you know, it would be a great smell for a comedy club. New car. 
Mm-hmm. New that car smell. People don't yeah. laugh in new cars. New cars are a serious business. That's true. And they lose, when you drive the comedy club off the lot, it loses 50% of its value. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up head sweat. I've been exercising lately mm. as a 42-year-old uh, man. And um, I have found that at some point since I last exercised 10 or 15 years ago, um, I came to be a sort of head fountain. Mm. The rest of my body remains not a strong... I'm not a heavy sweater generally. Broadly speaking, I'm a below average, I think, sweater. But like somewhere around my eyeball level, if you do a circle around my head, that is basically like in New York when they take a giant wrench and open up a, a fire stand pipe. You know what I mean? What and then these... they take a coffee can and point it around at little kids who are playing in the street. <laughs> what are the, what are your what exercises are you doing? I'm just on an exercise bicycle, just riding on an exercise bicycle. My physical therapist told me to do it. Oh, it doesn't okay. work. Okay. It just How makes it... you tired. I don't know why people do it. <laughs> to get more tired. <laughs> yeah. Do you wait, Jesse, do you have knuckle tattoos now? Yeah, you didn't know how long you had knuckle tattoos. No, I've had no. I just like saw. I'm like, oh, I wonder if like one of the kids drew knuckle tattoos on him. That's cute and fun. No, how long have you had them? I only days. I mean, a few days. I uh, I went to uh, see my friend, comics artist and tattooist Graham Chaffee, and uh, I got tattoos that a good knuckle tattoos that say play (laughs) ball wow oh my gosh yeah do you have other tattoos i have two other tattoos but they're relatively hidden tattoos i mean like i could one is on my the inside of one of my arms you know on the on my forearm um and one's on my shoulder just regular places so you can cover it with a business shirt whereas this you can't cover except by a series of ostentatious gold rings yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) which makes its own statement I, yeah, well, I, I, I think I it's wear... within. I think it's within Jesse's vibe to be just wearing driving gloves everywhere he goes. So <laughs> I could wear four finger rings like uh, Radio Rahim from Do the Right Thing that say, I guess they would just say play and ball, um, wow. instead of love and hate. Right? It's like, oh, this guy doesn't have knuckle tattoos. He just has <laughs> rings that say something. I think this is a good summer boy move, though, right? Yeah, no, those are great. They're really cool. Did it hurt? Was it? Are they? Uh, is that a painful spot? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when I got tattoos, which I only did as a, you know, I don't know, maybe I got the first one when I was 33 or 35 or something. But I was surprised that it did not hurt as bad as it seemed like it should hurt mm-hmm. um, when someone is putting holes in you and then shooting stuff into the holes. Sure. <laughs> sort of scraping holes into you, right? you know? Um, it does, it hurts, but it's not, it's not really that bad. It hurt, does hurt more on the knuckles, but I like, I took some Advil beforehand just in case that seemed to help. It hurt, but like, you know, you're just having a nice chat with Graham Chaffee, acclaimed comics artist <laughs> and tattooist. And, uh, then it's all done. Alice I didn't get them tats? filled in. Uh, I have no tats. I feel like I haven't, I I don't know what I would do. So you'd either have to go like extremely trivial in order to overcome the hurdle of, you know, them having to be meaningful or like your high school locker combination or something. It's just sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am also a tat free person, which kind of leads, which is maybe kind of part of my, you know, looking into the punk rock community from 
without it. My Being too cowardly to get a tattoo. That's definitely part of it. My aunt. There are a few people in my life who started getting tattoos very well in. My mother and father-in-law got tattoos in their early 60s, their first tattoos in their early 60s. Oh, that solves one of the essential tattoo problems, which is what's it going to look like when you're old and saggy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like that, it just looks like what it looks like. You could bounce a quarter off my mother and father-in-law. These two are as, (laughs) as tight as a drum. Um, and my aunt Gail, off discussed on this program, mm-hmm. uh, this is Jesse's auntie's show, but my, this is my proper blood aunt, my, my mother's sister, Gail. Uh, she got a tattoo of her dead dog when she was 75 ish. Um, and it was a, look, Luna was a great dog. I think we can all agree about that. We all miss Pupsworth. But Luna was a really <laughs> special dog. Uh, but yeah, she got like one of those sort of high level of detail uh, portrait tattoos uh, of her dog at 75. And uh, I know it was pretty badass. Yeah, I think but that's I- good because that's the age where you do worry about forgetting people's faces. So. Yeah, exactly. This is she's actually just mementoing all her dogs. Is <laughs> <laughs> what's happening. Each of the dogs gets a portrait on the I mean, Jordan, I could see I could see a I could see a back tattoo of Bug on you. I've thought about it. I've thought my uh uh Alice, my cat's name is Bug. I mm-hmm. love her dearly. Uh, yeah, I've considered Bug tattoos. Uh, this is funny. So Sarah Morgan, a uh, favorite guest on this program, and I have made a couple of tattoo pledges where, like, if this happens, we'll get this. And Sarah has a lot of tattoos. It would be my first one. So she's pretty quick to make these pledges. And I, I happily enter into them because I'm definitely curious about this. So we said uh, we said that if our graphic novel Bubble won the Eisner, we'd get a tattoo from Bubble. We didn't uh-huh. win. We recently had another project, and we're like, if we get this, we'll get Jordan. a tattoo. We if, didn't get it. <laughs> if if Bubble won the if Bubble won the Eisner, you should have each gotten a tattoo of Will Eisner, yes. creator of the spirit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a man we honor with our work day mm-hmm. to day. So yes, when I get a tattoo, it will mean I have succeeded at something. <laughs> so still, <laughs> still tat free. <laughs> Alice, if you were going to get a tattoo, what do you think it might be? Uh. Well, when I was uh, when I was a, a teenager, I was pretty sure that the tattoo that I would get if I got a tattoo would be the uh, the word for impermanence in uh, that's funny Burmese script. That's really uh, good because I, I really like. I grew up Burmese Buddhist. I was brought up Burmese Buddhist, and the co- whole thing about Buddhism is like uh, impermanence. Um, <laughs> and I thought that would be quite funny, and it's also yeah. a very beautiful, roundy sort of script. Um, solid. Graham, the guy who did my tattoo, has knuckle tattoos that I was inspired by. He, when I mentioned them to him, he seemed a little embarrassed by them. I thought they were badass, but one says pots and the other says pans. That's solid. Yeah, that was a that was a novelty tattoo that I really have enjoyed consistently each time I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if you could, if I if I ever had one that was like, oh, this is like this is like a funny pun, or this is like just a goof. That has no, you know, no emotional importance. I think I would do it, but I haven't thought of one yet. 
I've just realised that the perfect prank uh, to enact on you, Jesse, would be to put an S on each of your thumbs so that now instead of play ball, it says splay balls. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all I really have to do is instead of putting them next to each other so that it says play ball, uh, all I have to do is this. Uh, just move move my left hand above my right hand ball and it says play. ball play. <laughs> Very nice. And also now when you flip the birds, it just says, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Man. Jordan, I feel like I, we're go- joking around about this, but if there has been anything that you have been committed to mm-hmm. in our 20-odd years as comedy partners... Mm-hmm. It has been not neglecting the balls, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, so so, so I could b- see pro ball play tattoos, right, on your body. Maybe just the just ball the word ball neglect, and then it's crossed out with like a <laughs> Ghostbusters sign. <laughs> yeah. I could also see maybe so you get a ball ball busters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know those kind of like classic sailor tattoos where you know there's a there's like a flowing banner being held up by two robins or like two red roses or whatever and there's a flowing banner with text what if you got that and it says eating ain't cheating that's pretty good (laughs) that's pretty good (laughs) i mean i'm not telling you how to live your life jordan i'm just saying you only get one of them so make it count buddy no you know listen i'm gonna i'm gonna give this some thought Okay. I need to go in the other room and splay balls for a minute. <laughs> but after that, can we come back for some more? Yeah, we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan, every single episode of Jordan, Jesse Go is brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun. Uh, if you are not already a member of Maximum Fun, why don't you join us? Uh, support Jordan, Jesse Go directly. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join to do it. Um, among other things, you can listen to so many hours of Jordan Jesse goes that are exclusive to Max Fun members, including our show Stream Stash Rules Everything Around Me, uh, our Burt Reynolds recap podcast. By the way, did you see on Reddit, Jordan, a lot of ideas for future mustache recaps? Ooh! Once we run out of Burt Reynolds movies, okay. Uh, any anything I should I should start prepping for? I mean, there's some good Eddie Murphy movies where he has a mustache. Okay. Uh, Tom Selleck, of course. I yeah, think that would be a natural, uh, a natural next step. Mr. Baseball seems like a natural. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, Mr. Baseball. But listen, there are new episodes of Stash coming your way later this year. Yep. There's uh, some bonus live Jordan Jesse goes getting thrown up in there in that uh, donor feed. Pew, pew, pew. So uh, yeah, maximumfund.org/slash/join. We're also supported this week. By the folks over there at nuts.com. Now, this is a service that sells you snacks and nuts. Yes. <laughs> I, just right up right up top, I want to say this is a service that sells you snacks like nuts and trail mix, dried fruit, 
that kind of thing. It's not nothing to make childish jokes about. I'll tell you that no. much. This is serious. This, this is a these... great service. I would never make a childish joke about such a great service that has such delicious snacks, including some dried mango I was eating earlier today, and it was great and I loved it. I was eating these bourbon pecans. Oh, or... I love those. I love yeah, those. They're really I have to they be careful. So good. I had to I had to do a decanting strategy. Mm-hmm. where I would take some bourbon pecans and put them into a small bowl, then bring them with me to my desk. Because when I just had the the bag of bourbon pecans, they were so good that I would eat my weight in pecans, like uh, the way that like an ant can carry 15 times its body weight or whatever. Yeah, these these things these things are so so good. This is they're they're seriously one of the greatest snacks I've ever eaten in my life. And we got them from nuts.com. Uh all kinds of stuff there. You got you got some healthy stuff, you got some indulgences. Uh they got a lot and it's all really really tasty. You can even get specialty flour, Jordan. Yeah. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers, and more. Their wide selection means there is something for everyone. You got gluten-free options, organic stuff, other diet-friendly products. You can shop a la carte at any time or do a hassle-free auto delivery. Go check out all of the delicious options at nuts.com slash jjgo. New customers will get a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more. That is nuts.com slash JJGo. Remember, nuts.com is a store where you can buy snacks like <laughs> dried fruit, uh, nuts, and so forth. Respect them. Do not laugh at nuts.com. <laughs> we'll be back in in just a sec. I'm laughing, Jordan, because I thought of a joke you made earlier. It's oh, not right. About <laughs> no, we would never com. laugh at nuts.com slash JJGo. <laughs> Respect the nuts.com slash JJGo. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Potato salad, Alice Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. Home run. You know, you don't need to give, you don't need to give Alice a lot of heads up on what's going to happen for her to hit, hit it out of the park. This lady, no, I, this lady is It's just because it's so early in the morning. It's, I'm in that drifting pre-associative may, state. Maybe. And, you know, Alice, you have a lot of great podcast projects. I mean, yeah. maybe you start doing all of them at 4 a.m. Yeah. Maybe this is my uh, moment of, of becoming. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to existence, Alice. Yeah. This is this is the birth process, and the rest of my career is just eating the placenta. Yes. Your moment of becoming. Don't neglect the balls. Thank you. <laughs> I let was us, sure. Let us, let us splay. <laughs> I was sure you were saying, Alice. I was a hundred percent certain you were saying that you had come up with the nickname Potato Salad because it was four in the morning and you were looking forward to breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, this Any, isn't anything, all... anything can be breakfast in Australia, Jesse. <laughs> I know, I mean, because my... it's Christmas in the summer. This is my theory about about um, about cake, is that if you put milk on it and put it in a bowl, it counts as breakfast. Sure. 
I support it. I support. Yeah, I you mean, know, what is potato salad but uncooked hash browns with a bunch of mayonnaise and onions and shit in it? I was talking to my friend uh, Jay Smooth the other day. Great, great, uh, uh, great podcast about Michael Jackson on Audible, by the way. Um, but Jay Smooth, one of the one of the nicest and smartest dudes I know, and Jay told me that every day for breakfast he has a cup of coffee and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I said to myself, this makes all the sense in the world to me, mm-hmm. and I support it without reservation. I had a, a, a colleague at university, uh, someone in my class at university, who, who was a genius, and uh, all he ate was peanut butter uh, sandwiches with what we would call jam, but you mm. call jelly. I mean, so maybe there's a correlation there. Yeah. Intelligence in PB and J. I'd be concerned about, you know... Scurvy Every or whatever feature of yeah, not getting enough of, in, amino acids. If he if he knew to put a so potato I in there, some powdered placenta in there. For the oh yeah, okay. Minimal <laughs> ingredients for a, a placenta peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Half pound placenta. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your favorite nut butter. <laughs> yeah, that's how my wife ended up pregnant. Yeah, I mean, what's a, what's a baby than a little bit of nut butter? Wait, I was a scumbag guy. You're a French guy? <laughs> I'm pregnant, Jesse's wife. <laughs> what is a baby but a handful of nut butter? <laughs> yeah, it must be jelly because jam's not made of placenta. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I like peanut butter from my baguette. <laughs> okay, I don't even fucking who gives a What's shit. What's going on? <laughs> what, what is this for? Look, Alice, I can't be held responsible. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's, I'm a little sake. loopy. It's four. I'm loopy. <laughs> I'm out of my mind. It's four o'clock in the morning. Okay, uh, we have a moment of shame this week, Alice. For your benefit, mm-hmm. we have people call us. Or send us voice memos at jjgo at maximumfun.org when they have something momentous happen to them. That's usually like I just add an offer accepted on my first house or I saw a man walking down the street with an unusual animal on his head uh, or a a new sex thing that we haven't heard about. That's the main categories. Uh, These also, though, have a negative corollary, which is the moment of shame. And this is where we ask people when their most embarrassing, darkest moments happen, when they blunder into the whirling knives of life, that they unburden themselves by calling us at 206-9844-FUN or emailing us at jjgo at maximumfun.org with a voice memo. Are we worried that some people call us as part of a kink? Yes, we are. It's a Worried? Concern. Thrilled. <laughs> oh, well. Wait, what more secure career is there? You're right. You're you know what I mean? Right. We, this is a joint, maximumfun.org slash join as Findom. As, I yeah. support it. <laughs> sure. I'm behind it. Whatever Fearsome. it takes. If you're some nasty freak out there calling us and leaving your shames on our voicemail. Yeah. 
then as long as you go to MaximumFun.org slash join, and not just a one-time join, become a real member, then yeah. you can leave all the nasty And for God's sake, splay those balls. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, possible guest. I'm calling in with a moment of shame. The other day, I went to my next-door neighbor's house and shared a joint with him. And then I came home and passed out on my floor, uh, much to my wife's chagrin, and I somehow sustained a rib injury from passing out on the floor, and it won't heal. So I have spent the last three weeks sleeping in a chair upright, and I gotta tell you, it fucking sucks. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too, buddy. I just, uh, what kind of joint did this guy smoke that he fell on the floor, passed out, and hurt himself? Yeah, it sounds like uh, this guy can't handle his shit. Oh. Yeah. This guy learn to, learn to handle dutchie. your shit. Yeah, thank you. Gee puff, whiz. puff, pass out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will Am I right to puff, puff, pass out? <laughs> and oh, please pass a joint to me. I wish to sleep in a chair. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I, as I have gotten older, I am mm-hmm. faced with two physical challenges. Right, sweaty head. <laughs> And uh, this is, of course, uh, each day I awake and play Double Dare. Um, <laughs> Soon you'll win that Sega Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> Triple Space Camp. Uh, two physical challenges. Mm-hmm. One is lower back pain. Right. Like so many of us, human beings not destined to, uh, It's we weren't built to stand upright, and we don't all spend all our fucking days at the Verdugo Aquatic Center. It's done. I've, I've, my back is, my back hasn't been sore in five years. Congratulations on your fucking, your, your little swimming pants Mm -hmm. and your not sore back, Jordan. My pristine spine. They, (laughs) people are taking pictures of my spine for spine books. That's how. (laughs) My back is just coming up of four days of being seriously, like, badly done. And I, I, this is my first, like, walking around, sitting up kind of. Oh, wow. uh, Day. I'm glad we we're standing in between you and a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was my own fault. I'll tell you after. Okay. So sleeping sleeping with some pillows under my knees that helps a lot with waking up with a sore back. It makes a big difference. But when I get a migraine headache at night, when it gets bad, lying down makes it way worse. But I desperately need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And for this combination of reasons, I have spent the last 15-ish years seriously considered what it w- seriously considering what it would be like to buy a sleeping chair. Just to have a chair. I wouldn't always sleep in the chair, I don't think. But somewhere in my home, preferably not somewhere that guests could see or I could see. I don't want to look at a chair that you can sleep in. I can't so imagine what I'm what I'm picturing. Chair. What I'm picturing is a car wash massage chair. Yeah, Something. I mean that's about what I'm thinking about. Mm. Didn't we have? No, no, no. You want a slab 
What you want is one of those slabs that you can go up and down in various oh. directions. So you can hang upside down to, uh, you- for torsion on your back, uh, relieve back pressure. And then also you could just slant yourself slightly upwards as well, sort of like a, a Frankenstein's monster situation. Just strap yourself <laughs> right. in. Right. Mm. Yeah, I, that would work because I mean, Jesse, you've always said fire bad, right? <laughs> That's my core principle. Right. That's your next tattoo, right? When when I go into a job interview and they ask me about like what I really believe, believe, like right. I just say, you know, at the end of the day, I'm worried I'm going to work too hard. Sure. And uh, fire bad. Fire bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when can you start? <laughs> <laughs> but I really do like. Didn't we have a guest on our show, Jordan, who knew everything about massage chairs? Oh, uh, I don't know. That doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Um, we've I done think a lot of did. these. I think someone came on Jordan Jesse Go. It was like Eliza or something, and secretly was a massage chair expert. And oh, they yeah. had moved. This is why I remember, because they had moved. It was definitely a lady, but that's all I remember. But she had moved, and when you buy the massage chair, if you buy the right kind, it comes with moving services. So when you move, people from the massage chair company come and move the chair for you. Move just the chair. Just because it weighs 25,000 pounds or whatever. It's like buying a, it's like sitting in a piano, basically. No, this sounds, this sounds interesting. I would love it if whoever uh, maintains our wiki could let us know what was the massage chair app. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, central to this is just let us know so that we don't have to listen to our show. Go, <laughs> oh God, please help us. <laughs> yes, do us a kindness. Hey, Jordan, hmm. we've talked. We we each of us have talked about a summer boy activity that we've already engaged in. Yes, you hung out in your Bart Simpson uh, tank top with your bikini swim trunks. Yeah. In a public context, mm-hmm. I got the um, the summer game, one of its most famous phrases, tattooed on my knuckles. That's true. I think that's about as good as it's going to get from me. What would um, you? You had one that you wanted to do when we were talking about this. Do you remember what it was? No. Bigger hats. <laughs> was that? <laughs> was that Brendan's? Was that bigger hats? Anyway, another another task for folks who are updating the wiki. Anyway, I, I did do. I did do a classic summer boy Mm -hmm. thing, something that we talked about when, I think when summer boy was brand new, but something that really moves me, which is I made limonada de coco. Great. Yeah. Because I had gone, I had gone to the store. I needed one lime, but they only had a bag of limes. So I bought the bag of limes. I juiced them all, and I said, what am I going to do with all this lime juice? And I remembered I had some coconut milk in the cabinet, made some limonada de coco, which is uh, sugar, lime juice, um, coconut milk, and ice blended together. It's a popular drink in, if I remember correctly, Colombia, and it is the best thing you can ever drink. It is the most delicious single thing on earth, Uh, just as good as it gets. Alice? It's a whole song about that recipe. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I use a blender, but you, if sure. it depends on how vigorous your ability to shake it all up is. Yeah. <laughs> they listen, they don't write songs about placenta chili. <laughs> if you had ever seen just, if you had ever seen Harry Nilsson 
shake it all up. Right. The fucking piston on this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Alice, other than celebrating Christmas, what are some Antipodean summer boy activities that you could recommend to people across the globe? Uh, well, I think uh, you've got Jordan's kind of cue, I think, which is to wear swimming gear outside of the ambit of swimming locations. Mm. That mm-hmm. I think is a very summer boy activity. Uh, they did a study, like genuine, like a science study in the 90s in Australia about how, how far away uh, you could get from Bondi Beach wearing just uh, tighty whities okay. bonds, white underpants, uh, wet. <laughs> Uh, Wait, hold on, hold, pause, was... pause, 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 pause. In oh, Australia, yeah, do people wear tidy whities to the beach? So, okay, I should I should uh, contextualise. <laughs> In Australia, it is not abnormal to see somebody mm-hmm. just go, oh, you know, I want to go for a swim. I forgot my cosy. I'm just going to go in my undies. Sorry, That's what did they forget? Their cosy, their, their swimming costume. Got it. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole so thing, this whole experience is like riding a slippery dip as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> just a yeah. real thrill. That it's just considered a fairly normal thing to go in, in your undies. Uh, and so, um, yeah, they, they just would ask people seeing this man walking down the road in, in, in wet bonds <laughs> underpants um, if they thought it was okay. And it, you, it's surprising, you can get surprisingly far away from the beach in Sydney, in Australia, <laughs> in wet underpants before right. anyone raises an eyebrow. You can get I all mean, the way into a public library. I mean, that opera house is right there on the water. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even dare to try and wear pants, trousers. Sure. It's tidy whities are nothing at this at the world yeah, famous pl- Sydney Opera House. Plop down, watch yourself some Madame Butterfly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, Carmen. <laughs> Boy, <Boy-o-ing>. oh, sure. <laughs> I hope people don't see that I've been playing my balls. Sorry, I'm just gonna like, <laughs> keep talking. Alice, I just love that. It was great. It was a lot of um, it's beautiful. It was really good. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other uh, summer shit in mind that you're excited about? Um, I, I've been chasing summer since my daughter was born because I'm sort of afraid oh, yeah. of, of cold and babies. You know, I think it's very cute when babies are in like winter and they're wrapped up like a little marshmallow. But uh, I have I have a fear of that, and I quite enjoy just the uh, singlet and nappy combo for for clothing a baby. So I've, I've been going from summer to summer, uh, which has been delightful. Um, in I, Australia, I, I think that's Jordan. probably the most summer boy thing you can do. Yeah. In in Australia, Jordan. Uh, Babies wear singlets because they're forced to do professional wrestling. (laughs) Wait, do we mean the same thing by singlet? I think I think I think we know what you're talking about. Yes, it's a sleeveless vest sort of situation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jordan in uh, Australia, vest means professional wrestling outfit. Gotcha. Yes. No, it's a cruel society, I know. <laughs> in Australia, best means professional wrestling investment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Are there they- any other... So I'm, I'm very sincere about this. Australia, one of the great summer nations, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Sure. Yes. And not just because you have summer all winter long, um, but uh, what other distinctively Australian summer activities are there that we could recommend to people who are listening right now in Montana or Leeds, England. 
uh, well, a particularly Australian sort of event uh, is the, is the sausage sizzle, which happens um, both when we have an election and all summer long. Um, <laughs> so when you vote, you have you get your democracy sausage afterwards. Uh, is and, this government uh, issued or no? No, it's usually a gold coin donation. Mostly, the voting happens in places like school halls or whatever, and there's usually some sort of a. Yeah, just a the sausage sizzle, very much a cheap sausage, tomato sauce, and a piece of white bread, maybe some onions if if you're That's, feeling excited. This sounds like some American ass shit that you're doing. I'm sorry. This seems this this feels stolen to me. Yeah, it feels this, like we this, should be the ones who have the does, democracy sausages. Does, does this pay for a rural volunteer fire department of some kind? Usually th- things like that or, or sort of an improvement to the school boat or whatever, you know, that kind of. <laughs> school boats. Okay. So first of all, I don't know what a gold coin donation is. It's Second of all, do, do all schools have boats or uh, are all schools on boats mm. like riverboat gambling? Uh, no, not all schools have boats. Uh, fancy private schools have boats usually. Um, so that's just indicative of the places that I've lived while being a voting age. Uh, I live in quite a nice suburb. Crappy flat, nice suburb. Uh, when I'm, I, I'm literally struck dumb by the thought of a, like a, just a, not like a university, just like a, like 15 year olds head down to the school boat. Oh, just sort of rowing, you know, competitive rowing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes like, a ton of sense. Yeah, I was th- thinking like a frigate. Like an ultra yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe a catamaran or one of those, you know, those kind of boats where there's a wing underneath the hull. And so when it gets right. going, the hull lifts up out of the water so it can yeah, go extra fast. Yeah. If, listen, if th- there's, there's, there's the great character building moments of, you know, your teenage years. And one of those is when you're out on the school boat. You know, you're you're drinking, underage. Tommy slips and hits his head. You throw him overboard. You make a pact not to tell anyone. That's a <laughs> an important part of growing up. And how yep. are you going to do that unless there's a school boat? Honestly, Jordan, if we didn't have school boats, mm-hmm. we couldn't have that happen. If we couldn't have that happen, we wouldn't have a Supreme Court. Thank you. Yes. Our most would have been just a bunch of people appointed by Jimmy Carter or whatever. Sure, yeah. Sauce, no one, and nobody gets a sausage. No. Sausages for none. What kind of tomato sauce are we? Sorry, that go back to the sausage no, no, sizzle okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. The tomato like, sauce is it like a a oh, ketchup piece? You call it ketchup, yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Do you? Sorry, I need to translate for you, American cultural sure. imperialists. Just, I love tomato love tomato about sauce that. is what we call a pro wrestler in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> <laughs> tomato sauce is what got my wife pregnant. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys want to uh, get Jesse's yeah. wife pregnant and then come back for a little bit more? Yeah, why not? Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry. You're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. They want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? (laughs) There is a right way to do this. And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My fellow graduates, for 500 episodes, my podcast, The JV Club with Janet Varney, has gathered story after story of all the scandalous things we've done throughout our childhoods. Stories like how Jamila Jamil survived a horrific house party and she was on crutches. Or how Hal Lublin learned a Shakespearean monologue in his pajamas. This is not the speech we approve. Without your love and life tragedies, there would be no podcast. In fact, I'll have an exclusive look at how Maggie Lawson's mom confronted her after a sneaky basement meetup with her crush. Spill the tea, JV. Security! Uh, uh, listen to the JV Club with Janet Varney Thursdays on Maximum Fun! Class of forever! La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Alice Fraser, democracy sausage. If people are engaging in summer boy activities, right? we want to hear about them. We do. Because we never would have known about sausage sizzles if it hadn't been for Alice Fraser calling in, which is what I'm calling her waking up at four o'clock in the morning to do our <laughs> stupid podcast. Sure. <laughs> Going to pretend it was voluntary. Uh, it's not even the worst night I've had this week, man. My point is that, <laughs> you know, Jordan and I only have certain, a certain cultural vision right. on the world. You know, we're aware of the limitations of our own awareness of others and their cultural practices. You know what I mean? And I think that intercultural exchange is so vital right, right. Yes. yes, to building a 21st century America mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. indeed mm-hmm. to the interconnected world. You know, it's like Hillary Clinton says. Yes. We're trying to create it a kind of truck village. village. <laughs> I, I really do believe, though, that we have listeners from across this great world from all kinds of families, from all kinds of social situations, from all kinds of contexts, um, with all kinds of personalities, all kinds of skills. And I would love for us all to be sharing between yes, ourselves yes, and each other's beautiful. summer boy best practices. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful thing that you you know how ignorant you are. I, 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 I often wondered, when you dream, do you know how ignorant you are? Is there mm-hmm. sort of a Freddie Dunning-Kruger effect? <laughs> Did you just have that written down on a piece of paper in front of you and you're just waiting no. for it to... No, it just came to me just then. Okay, it's really good work. Good. Really good. <laughs> good work. You should I, get somehow in, involved in business with yeah. Andy Zaltzman. That's my recommendation <laughs> to you. Man, I hate to. Man, if you're if you're throwing these throwing these heaters at four a.m., what do you what do you like at five p.m.? Way worse. Way worse. <laughs> uh, Alice, we mentioned in the show that Jesse and I were both uh, guests on your great podcast, Tea with Alice. Tons of fun. Love that show. Um, you have many podcasts. Oh, yes. No, yes. It depends on what you mean by have. But yes, I've done too many podcasts <laughs> in my life. Uh, I, I, I often guest on The Bugle, speaking of Andy Zaltzman. Um, and I will usually sort of do a, a documentary or two for Audible here and there. And uh, got The Gargle, which is like satirical news comedy, but not about politics. The Bugle was the... Uh... 
audio newspaper for visual worlds. That that's the slogan of the bugle. That right? is, and the the gargle is the glossy magazine to the audio newspaper ah. for visual world because uh, yeah. they they asked me to do a spin off, which was a, a great compliment. Um, I really love the bugle audience. It was such like a delight to kind of step into this universe and uh they said what do you want to do and i was like not write another joke about donald trump for a while please um, yeah because there was a point there where i was doing um like i would do a satirical news show like called thank god it's fridays on the abc and then i'd also be doing the gargle that week and i'd be writing for the news quiz and then i would also be doing uh, a rational fear which is an australian uh satirical news podcast so it would be the same story and i would have to write four different jokes about the same story and i don't know if you know but it's, no. it's very use hard the, to write new jokes about this that. use the same joke just change the names <laughs> yeah you know what Fair. i mean right <laughs> make uh yeah just make jokes about how tom cruise is orange and has a bad toupee <laughs> <laughs> it says here uh gonald frump was elected president oh, of the sure. united states this week <laughs> Well, it's sort of so tricky to say something original and interesting about about it. You have to dig quite deep into the news, and the deeper you dig into the news, I don't know if you know about this, but the more depressing it gets. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alice, think about how depressing it is for us. We don't have anything original or interesting to say about literally anything. I mean, not just the news. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle to come up with interesting and original things to say about the news. For us, it's the world at large. It's a very hard thing. I, can I tell you my moment of, of shame? Oh, yeah, which please do. Which By all means, re- yes, of related course. Related to, to my back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so uh, what happened was in Tokyo, there's a lot of walking around in Tokyo. I don't know if you know, but it's a very walky sort of uh, city and my toddler likes to be strapped to my front like a little um, Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. facing outward. Oh, you don't have to explain uh, so. Krang. We know Krang. The audience knows Krang. <laughs> yeah, this is all we know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Krang, yes, yes, yes. All we know. we know. All we know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I know. I will say I didn't know that in Tokyo was such a walkie city. I know it really only as the city of hecklers. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Uh, but they have to walk to get there. Um, and sure. boy, are their arms tired. Um, <laughs> so they walk on their walking hands. sort of. <laughs> 25,000, 30,000 steps a day uh, with a sort of a 13 kilogram toddler strapped to my front. Uh, So when I arrived in London after a 14 hour flight, I thought I need a massage. Fair enough. Makes Uh, sense. I booked one, you know, but I've got a toddler. So what do you do? How do you, how do you negotiate this? So I thought I'll book one of those massage people that comes to the place that you're Mm -hmm. staying and Mm -hmm. lays out a table and massages you there. And then I thought I'll also book a babysitter. Um, what I did not anticipate was that uh, I have a babysitter who's a regular babysitter in Australia and that it would take a little while for my toddler to warm to this new babysitter. Uh, and so while I was getting the massage, my toddler kept breaking in and trying to <laughs> climb the situation. Um, and by the situation, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> you were getting so, massage from the situation. And I was like, this is cool, <laughs> but my back's really sore. I feel like I still need to do It's still relaxing. It's still relaxing. And the massage lady was very lovely. She said, oh, I've got kids as well. So uh, there was a brief period there where uh, my baby and I were both lying on the bed and she was massaging one of us with each hand. <laughs> and I was like, this is... This is still relaxing. Uh, and then she said, turn over and I'll, I'll massage your neck. And my uh, toddler crawled up my shirt and started breastfeeding and I called it. I was like, this isn't, this isn't working, is yeah. it? Um, what I, I, but what I should have done was commit um, because uh, the very next night I had a gig in Essex 
And I came home at midnight and there was a security door to the Airbnb that I had not been told about that was closed uh, and locked. And I did not have a key and I wasn't told the code. I didn't know that there was a security door and I was messaging the Airbnb lady and uh, trying to call uh, and, and there was nothing. So I went mad. Uh, normally yeah, I'm quite a calm sure. person, yeah. but apparently bars between me and my baby at midnight is the thing that makes me go mad. So I, try, I tried to rip just, the security just door like, out of the wall. Just like Krang. <laughs> yeah. You um, should, we you had done some angel dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd done comedy in Essex, which is much the same as a hallucination. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, so it's I, right I was, above yeah. an angel dust barbecue. So. Yeah, I, I felt very much like a, a chimp trying to escape something. And I don't know if it's like Holocaust epigenetics or just mother juice or whatever it was. But I was like, this, <laughs> these bars are not going to stand against my mighty strength. Uh, uh-huh. And then they did. Um, and then a very nice lady passing by said, oh, I'm also in a basement flat. Would you like to come in my uh, flat, come through? I've got a ladder that takes you up out of the basement courtyard. And you can take the ladder and drop it down into your courtyard and climb into your flat that way, which is what I did. Wow. Uh, that then, is that is amazing that her first reaction, seeing someone trying to rip the door off, is let me help you in. <laughs> <laughs> let me assist you. Well, there, I have some ladder maneuvers you might be interested was, in. Yeah, it was. we had a little bit of an interchange, sure. which involved me sort of sobbing wildly, my baby. Uh, and so, you know, she took pity and uh, very kindly uh, gave me the means by which to absolutely fuck my own back. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. So your the injury occurred uh on the ladder or the injury occurred at some point during the proceedings uh and after the adrenaline wore off and I woke up the next day I was like, "Oh, that I was, was trying to rip a door off and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was taxing." Did some you part have... of a combination of 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 that fact scenario, that week's worth of backfucking activities, lots mm-hmm. of walking around, uh, lots of being on an aeroplane with a toddler on your lap as well, because under two they fly free, but they don't give them a seat, so they just sit on you. Um, uh, Was and when it... I say sit on, I mean try to climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you. like you were some sort of the situation or Snooky. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it one of those where you could only move in certain ways, but it was okay when you weren't moving in those ways, or was it a permanent pain? It was a. Uh, it was uh, one of those ones where it's okay as long as you don't move at all. <laughs> Any kind the, of movement was the wrong kind of movement. The toddler was down with that, I'm sure, right? Oh, just absolutely delighted. Um. You know how they always say, "Goo goo gaga, don't move, mom." <laughs> <laughs> Observe me. Still as a. Still is a, a mountain lake. You what, know what I hate, stability and the status quo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Where are you at right now, back pain-wise? Uh, at the moment, it's it's in a achy territory, but no okay. longer that feeling that it might But not breaky. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> kind more of, achy, yeah. but maybe not so much breaky. Yeah, okay. about the kind of, about how my heart feels normally. Sure, yes. <laughs> um, Got it. Well, we're grateful for your time. We're grateful to you for waking up at four o'clock in the morning. I wish we hadn't made you do that. Um, so apologies. I'm delighted to be here. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for your time, Jordan Jesse Go, uh, produced by Matt Lee. Our theme music, "Love You" by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and their label, Light in the Attic. Our thanks to them. Uh, you can find us on social media. Uh, uh, it is at Jordan Jesse Go on Twitter, facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go, maximumfun.reddit.com. Uh, we're each on Instagram at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. 
If you're not already a member of Maximum Fun, go become one. MaximumFun.org slash join. That's how we keep the lights on. Um, I think that's enough. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.